0: So, this past week, physicists proved Einstein's theory of general relativity. With the discovery of the first gravitational waves, scientists proved the connectedness of all things. Gravitational waves, first proposed in 1916 by Albert Einstein, are ripples in the space and, in space and time that are produced when black holes collide or stars explode. They are like the ripples that are created when you drop a stone on a puddle or a lake and the concentric circles filter out across the surface. The core idea is that space and time, which seems like different things, are actually interwoven and connected together. Space has three dimensions, length, breadth, and height. And then there is a fourth dimension, which we will call time. All four are linked in a kind of cosmic sheet. If you've ever heard of a character in a science fiction film talking about the space-time continuum, maybe uh, from um, Back to the Future, and the professor with the DeLorean, this is what they're talking about. Einstein's big idea was that that really heavy objects like planets, or really fast-moving ones, can distort the space-time continuum. It's a bit like a taut fabric on a trampoline. If you put a heavy weight on it, the fabric will bow and it will curve and everything that's sitting on that fabric will rush towards the middle or where the pressure is, rolling down in the sheet towards the object. This, according to Einstein, is why gravity pulls objects towards each other. The waves that were revealed to be observed this past week are evidence of the fabrics of the universe literally bending and flexing. By studying these waves, scientists hope to gain valuable insight into the universe because these waves experience no barriers, unlike electromagnetic waves or radio waves or X-rays or even visible light. Now please don't give me too much credit for what you just heard. I know actually almost nothing about this. I read a lot of science fiction, but I also, in preparation for this sermon, read a lot of Google. So all credit goes to Einstein and to Dr. Google. The scientific world is heralding this discovery as a moment akin to when Galileo first set his telescope into the heavens and imagined the universe, opening up a window to astronomy, or when Newton set down the laws of gravity. And I am neither a physicist or an astronomer, The closest I come to any of those sciences is my deep reading of science fiction. But in trying to understand the magnitude of this discovery, I was inspired not only by the discovery itself, which I am still, as you are, grappling to understand, but by the incredible passion of these scientists, who were just blown away by what they had had been revealed. One scientist associated with discovery offered this perspective on its significance. Every time humans have observed the universe in a new way, he said, we've always discovered something unexpected that revolutionized our understanding of the universe. So as I understand it, it's not only that they've proven Einstein's theory of general relativity, but also that the method that they allowed them to do that was a method that they've never been able to use or employed before. Before this discovery, we have only been able to see the known universe through telescopes and the reflection the reflection of light. But now, through this method that they use with laser beams and mirrors, they're actually able to hear the universe as well. And hearing things that could not be seen is pretty remarkable. Columbia University astrophysicist Slobix Marka, a member of the discovery team, put it this way. Until this moment, we had our eyes on the sky, and we couldn't hear the music. From now on, the sky will never look the same or sound the same. Indeed, even as the buzz of observing a new and utterly stupefying wonder of nature begins to fade over the weeks and months that are ahead, there is a bigger reason for physicists, and all of us, really, to be thrilled about gravitational wave detection. As science writer writer Jennifer Ouellette explained, we now have a way of of observing the universe around us without electromagnetic radiation for the first time in history. It's like acquiring a new sense, as if our hearing were restored after a lifetime of being deaf. Einstein's theory has been validated by many observations of predicted events before this. But not one until now had ever observed gravitational waves or pulses. And this is what the scientists have now observed through these cosmic reverberations and vibrations. So what is the religious lesson that we are to learn from all of this? Rabbi Alan Maller, who didn't hire me for my first job when I was in rabbinical school, but he's still a nice guy. I applied to be a Sunday school teacher. He explains that the new discoveries show that the gravitational waves predicted by Einstein's theory of relativity, which governs very large scale phenomena, also govern quantum phenomena. So you have large scale and you have quantum size. For more than eight decades, this dualism of quantum mechanics and Einstein's theory of relativity has bothered almost all theoretical physicists and cosmologists. I almost read that it's cosmetologist. It might have bothered cosmetologists as well, but I'm not sure. The issue is the two theories are not compatible so that they can't both be right. General relativity says that objects' behaviors can be predicted exactly, whereas quantum mechanics says all you can know is the probability that they will do something. Exacting and probability. They can't both be right. Einstein wrote, in order to explain the universe, it seems as though we must sometimes use the one theory and sometimes use the other, while at times, we actually may use either of them. We are faced with a new kind of difficulty, he wrote. We have two contradictory pictures of reality. Separately, separately, neither of them fully explains the phenomenon of light, but together they do. Somebody could explain how my talit can stay on my shoulders even better. But another way that troubled Einstein is the belief that there should be one greater theory of everything, sometimes called TOE. That would incorporate and harmonize both of these seemingly inconsistent theories or incompatible theories. Hundreds of scientists have spent their professional lives seeking the TOE, the theory of everything. That film about physicist Stephen Hawkins that won the Oscar last year titled The Theory of Everything was about his, well, it was really about his relationship with his wife, Janet. But And and moments they put the science in, and it was about his attempt to uncover this theory of everything that has been so elusive but seems just right there one unifying theory that explains everything in the universe. Though it, is not yet, though it is not yet proven science, religious people and Jews in particular call this scientific faith in a theory of everything by its own name. We call it monotheism, the belief in one God, a belief in a singular God to which all paths of faith and reason lead. The Shema is our most familiar example of this idea. When we proclaim the oneness of God, we are not only saying that there is just one God, but rather, and I think more profoundly, that God or godliness or holiness is in everything, absolutely everything in the world. And our task as human beings is to uncover the godliness that is obscured and buried in our world. Where is the holiness in a tree? Where is the godliness in a cucumber? Where is the holiness in a mountain or in a shovel or in a melody? Where is the godliness in another human being? Where's the godliness in you inside of each of us? The theory of everything suggests that it is there. That everything is not only a product of God, but everything is part of God. And that, part it, that God is part of everything. We sing this idea we're going to in just a few minutes. We pray this belief. But we haven't proven it yet. And in place of this proof, in place of a one unifying theory, we operate in a world of dualism. To find God in all things, we must separate what is God or what is holy from what is not. So we bifurcate our experiences and observations, material and spiritual, objective and subjective, secular and religious, moral and amoral. But we pray every day, every day in the Elenu, we pray, as well as in the Shema, that this dualism will someday be overcome and that it will all be one. Let us praise the sovereign of the universe we proclaim in our prayers and proclaim the greatness of the creator whose unity we are charged to declare. That's the translation of the Elenu. And then it continues at the end, For you spread out the heavens and establish the earth. Your majestic abode is in the heavens above and on the earth below. There is none else. That's our prayer that we sing, the Elenu, every day. Why are these gravitational waves significant to religion? We now have the first scientific evidence that there is indeed a basic connection between the microcosmos and the macrocosmos, between the heavens above and the earth below. That this and this and all of this are connected. Although the theory of everything itself has not been discovered yet and might not be discovered for decades or even centuries, we now have for the first time external objective evidence of its presence and a renewed confidence that someday it might be discovered, that that dualism might be overcome. As King David wrote in the Psalms, The heavens declare the glory of God. The universe proclaims God's handiwork. Today they do it through a harmonic rhyme that we have heard from the heavens for the very first time. If two black holes can spin around each other at such speed that they collide and combine a billion light years away and we can feel the rippling waves of that cosmic stone drop on an ocean of stars here on earth then it stands to reason and for the human mind to prove that what we do to and for each other sends rippling waves into every corner of the universe and every bit of matter therein. God or godliness is in everything and everything is connected. What we do And what we don't do matters. Not only to us, but to the entire universe. There is unity. There is structure. There is beauty and there is meaning in the world. And you and I are part of that. We are inseparable from it. Our actions and our inactions affect it in ways large and small and infinite. So act wisely. The universe is listening. Can you hear our song? May it be God's will. Amen. We continue with the Elenu. page 586. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> Shallow a Sanukego yeah right sword velo